And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Happy 300 episodes, everybody. This one goes out to all the besties. When it's Wednesday, yeah, you know I'm going to be. I'm going to be the man who's podcasting with you. We'll read emails and share positivity. We're going to be the man who's podcasting with you. For our besties, for our besties, yeah, we know we're going to be. We're going to be in the bestie chat with you. Talking wrestling or whatever else we feel, we're going to be the ones who are podcasting for you. And I would pod 300 times and I would pod 300 more just to be the man who pod 600 times the reason I'm not sure. Oh, Doc Manson, we've had fun over the years, haven't we there, my friend? That's it? That, that's it? Where's the rest of the song? I was just getting into it. And that's all you get. That's uh, all you get. Hey, I, the one thing I also want to point out, people might not realize this because it's, it's a very subtle, it's a subtle difference. Um, that was not Nerd DC no. singing just then. That was the DC Matthews. That yes. was DC himself not I, putting on the Nerd <clears throat> persona. I am proud of you. I, I figured, you know what, when 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 we're going to do it, let's do it. I remember and, there, there was this one time you told me, I forget what it was. It was probably one of the award shows where I, I did maybe Jingle Bell parody or something. And I remember you told me that you admired the fact that I just go for it. Yes. And I want to tell you right now, I admire the fact that you went for it. Thank you. I love you. You're so. Uh, thank you, thank Doc you. Manson. At Doc Manson. This is episode 300. We did it. We're there, folks. And what better way to celebrate episode 300 uh, than to bring on some folks who uh, they, they claim to have been inspired by us and they have now eclipsed us so fast and so far that we're just waving as they accelerate into the stratosphere. Of course, I am talking. Hey, I, didn't, I, I didn't know the New Age Insiders were going to be here. Holy moly, this is a big get. No. Oh, oh, sorry. No. They they wish they were as good as these guys. I'm talking about the piece of business podcast. I say hello to you, Glenn, and I say hello to you, Jeremy. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you for being here. How we doing? I'm doing Just- great. Yeah, fantastic, DC. We uh are, are honored and humbled to be a part of this most auspicious occasion in this wonderful celebration of all things DDT for 300 episodes. Good God. How did it all happen? How did we end up like this? Oh, I trust me. We'll get to a point where I, I am going to take you back to the beginning. And uh, I think, I think we're going to do it with Mr. Glenn's email there. Uh, The world looked very different before we showed up and just messed it all up. We messed it all up. But you see, I, I didn't go with the, the sports coat with no shirt. 
I'm wearing my celebration shirt. This is my first day of school, last day of school shirt, a little more unbuttoned than usual. A little uh, in, sexier than normal. In honor, in honor of the occasion, I see Glenn's rocking his uh, his DDT wrestling shirt, which is nice. Doc, are you in a bathrobe? Please tell me you're in a bathrobe. Uh, no, no, this is just a nice cardigan, but oh. I, I am otherwise in my pajamas because somebody made me get up to do this at 8 a.m. and I still showed up late. But hey, hey, we're here. We're ready to do we're, this thing. We we are here. Um, now, uh, you're you're double booked. Uh, you got a you got a double header here today, there, Jeremy and Glenn. Uh, I believe you have either already recorded the piece of business podcast, or you will be recording the piece of business podcast. You're going to be on the air for like four hours today. That's nothing unusual. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we are. No, we, we haven't done it yet. It would have been a little bit of a, a, a tough ask to be so chipper at 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning. Um, so we're going to do our business after this business, but this is definitely the highlight of the day. Well, well, Doc and I sat down this week. We did not record our conversation, which is unusual for us. Usually when we're trying to figure out what we're going to do, we record it and make you listen to it. Um and we decided that Jeremy's just going to be the host. Uh, he's going he's gonna to be our James Lipton. We're here, obviously. We've made it to 300 episodes. It's a monumental achievement. No other podcast has ever made it to 300 episodes. Uh, and so, you know, clearly you, you all have questions. The world has questions. So, uh, Jeremy, uh, unless Doc has anything he wants to discuss early. Oh, he does. He's Go go ahead. I, I just I just want to point out that yes, this is the, the official 300th episode of the DDT Wrestling Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just just you know, heading over to our podcast repository of choice, which for us is, is a site called Pinecast, uh, where all of our episodes are stored. Uh, th- this this also, mind you, is after you uh, removed a large back catalog for the joy of booking podcast where you've got countless episodes as well. Not counting those far too Um, many. And and of course, you know, this isn't counting any of DC and doc talk, all those episodes we recorded Mm -hmm. for the prestigious NII network because all those episodes were unceremoniously dumped into the ether without giving us a chance to back them up. Um, (laughs) The official episode count in just what we consider the DDT wrestling feed. Any guesses, gentlemen? This is, again, official 300. But how many are actually in there? How many episodes are actually in the DDT wrestling feed? 489. Woo! All right. Down a bit bit from that, I would say 320. All right. And what about you, DC? What are you going to guess? I'm going to go with a solid Juventud Guerrera, and I will say 450. All right. Uh, well, I guess Glenn wins because if we're playing by prices right rules, he's the only one who's not over. Uh, 439. This will be the 440th episode, according to, uh, you know, if you count the list, if you count Manson uh, Family Podcast. There's some by the books in here also um, from the early days that maintained uh, Patificast as well. DDT Awards, you know, 440th episodes. Uh, not counting all the ones lost as well. So I don't know how we did this, DC, because quite frankly, uh, I don't like you that much. And if, if we are to presume that the average episode length is about an hour, uh, that's over 18 solid days that we have talked 
to each other. I'd like to announce my resignation. <laughs> uh, that, that was it. That's all I had to add. So uh, by all means. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it, it's, it's crazy to think. I don't remember a time when we didn't do this. Uh, so, you know, so, uh, so but yeah, it's, it's whether it's 300 or 440, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. So uh, Jeremy and or Glenn, um, we cede our airtime to you. Uh, oh, you know, what, what, what do you got for us? Um, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, I think, go, or go ahead, Glenn. Before we start, um, you two guys talking about how this is like 400 and odd brings us to the first message of the day from DJ, almost a superhero or a, so almost, almost a star, I think, at Minus Podcast anyway. And he said, tell those guys congratulations and keep on grinding. If there's one thing thing Doc and I do, it's grinding. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Big grinder. We've been grinders for way back. Yeah, yeah. I think it would be interesting. You know, I am not privy to all of the emails that you boys have received for this episode. But I do know that uh, our buddy Glenn has sent in an email. I think it would be interesting to maybe start off with Glenn's email. Um, as, as we all know, the world is a very different place now than it was back when you guys started this hopeful endeavor. Um, and I, and I think Glenn's email maybe had captured some of those before times in the DDT universe. So, um, either one of you gentlemen that has Glenn's email, maybe, uh, give that a read. Is it long enough? Is it too long for you, doc? No, I just. Uh, this looks like stream of consciousness. Okay. You see, I believe if I remember correctly, it's the ultimate fighting for championships that are championship fighting for fighting for championships. I do remember that, that little thing I did there. 457. Okay. Take five plays. Intro the NAI Chief of Staff, D.C. Matthews. Plug for NAI. D.C. introduces the number two contenders. We get NAI Fan Friday. Seahawk, before he becomes D.C.'s nemesis, talks NAI draft. Cody Benoit talks NXT. Or is that Benoit? I never know. Benoit is from here. Ah, and Liam Stryker talks Lucha Underground. DC toots his own horn over Vampiro to toot. And finally, we get Doc Manson. He's a real doctor, don't you know? We get an early run-in from Oscar. A load of bullfit on NXT, including Hideo Itami, Finn Balor, and who else they might sign. Burying AJ Styles is too old for WWE, but DC brings up Adam Cole and Roderick Strong. Talk of global f- talk of global force 2015 and King of the Mountain matches. DZ and Doc disagree on Ryback. Doc gets a job during a quiz on the Marvel Universe and the introduction of hashtag Oscar Yes. With that, we get episode nine of the Neighborhood Podcast. But although it took a few more episodes, technically, the birth of DDT Wrestling. 
Congratulations of seeing off all the competition and making it to 300. So, so that email from Glenn covers a lot of ground, gentlemen, a whole lot of ground. Um, what, uh, what sticks out from that email to you from the early days? Is it the, um, the, the general randomness of topics, the, uh, um, the, the disagreement on Ryback? Um, what, I think uh, I've been proven out on that yeah. one. Yeah, have you? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. So which one of you was the Ryback supporter back in the day? Uh, no doubt it was me. No doubt. I was going to say, I can't have been a Ryback supporter. It's not possible. And hey, he, he attained great heights within the WWE before uh, retiring into quiet obscurity. Uh, I wonder what that man is up to today. We'll never know. We'll, we'll never, never know. know. Never know. Blocking people on Twitter. He's very, very, <laughs> very good at that. Oh. Um, one thing that you know that that oh. I uh, Jer- Jeremy, can I interrupt? Hold on. Yeah, go for it. Hold on. I know those eyes. Yep. Take oh, a look. Oh. Hey. Take a look. I've never been more jealous of one human oh. being in my entire oh. life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there she is. There she is. <laughs> howdy. Hello, howdy. Said. Hello, she can't hear you because I've got the headphones on. Sorry, I'm happy to relay anything. But this is what was the delivery? Oh my goodness, I, I didn't even realize. Hold on, does this come through? Oh, oh my goodness, she made 300 pancakes in the shape of 300. Yeah, not, not 300, 300 pancakes. pancakes. Three pancakes that spell three out. Three pancakes. She's so good. She's smell, so good. They, they smell like pumpkin pancakes. Oh, oh my goodness! Even Simon's going to get something out of this. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, hello. Thank you so much, and for the water. Oh my! You came in like a pack mule. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness! Well, thank you so much. I think that might be the only time those words have ever been used as a compliment. Right. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, geez, yeah. we, it's something we actually say frequently in this house. Not. Because usually, um, now that she's working from home uh, two days a week, no, I'm sorry, reverse that. She goes to campus two days a week. When she has to go, she has to pack up all of her office stuff, and so she brings it back and forth. So we very commonly say that she's a pack mule today. Um, Mm. So that's how that slipped into my vernacular. Don't mind me, because I'm going to eat the hell out of this breakfast on the air. Um, sorry about that. There wouldn't be, That's just it how it goes for DDT. It wouldn't be a show without that. I'm going to eat an entire bowl of cereal on the air. I assume <laughs> that um, SportsWire would frown upon this sort of behavior from their professional hosts. I'm not I sure doubt, if that's true. I, I very much doubt it. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is uh, really to, to go to what Jeremy asked, the oh, thing that sticks out, me? the thing that sticks out to me here, two things. Um, number one, of course, uh, Bullfit, the yes. greatest character in NXT history. Yeah. Uh, and the second thing, and maybe uh, Doc was going to mention this, you know, later as we talk memories, but I vividly recall, I believe we were on the air uh, when he got the, I believe, the job he now currently has and loves desperately. So, you know, so yes, I. I I I thought for some reason that that phone call had happened on the lost episode. I did not realize that Mm -hmm. was on the actual first episode. 
No, the lost episode, which we can talk about at some point, because I have prepared some notes again on what the world looked like on the day or around the day of our first lost episode. Um, but yeah, no, that happened. We were, you know, we all got to celebrate with you. And then over the years, we learned uh, what, it, what a terrible thing it was. <laughs> hey, I mean, I, I, you know, I like all the things that my job is able to enable and facilitate. But um, boy, I wish I could do something different now. Mm. Can I say, can I say that listening back to that episode to, to write that email, I am totally honored the fact that even back then you were talking about how Doc Manson doesn't interact with people on Twitter. And yet <laughs> and yet he talked regularly with me. That's how I ended up listening to episode nine of the neighborhood ah. podcast. There we go. Doc Manson building the community relationships since day one. DC, what have you been doing? <laughs> Lately, (laughs) 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 or overall, um, yeah, no, there's there's a reason we call you Glenn, the bestest of the besties. You've you're you're our day one, you're our newest WWE pay per view. (laughs) DC, I'm I'm curious about what uh, you mentioned. You had the uh, the state of the world, um, as it were, when DDT started or when you two guys started. I would be very interested to hear uh, your summation of that. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, then in which case, come on into the time machine with me. Let's travel back um, to the first day we sat in the basement of a condo, not even Manson Manor. This was uh, a, a condo. We sat in the basement. We tried to record on a Chromebook. It did not work. Uh, it, July 31st, 2015, we know that because it was uh, the day that Roddy Piper passed away, an auspicious day to start any venture. But um, wrestling-wise, uh, if you go back then, there was one brand. Uh, the WWE champion was some guy named Seth Rollins. The Divas champion. Yes, you heard me right. The Divas champion. Also uh, Seth Rollins. Was Nikki, <laughs> was Nikki Bella. Maybe we have no proof that they're not the same person. Um, you know, this is around the time, I believe, of of Sting. We're about there. Uh, John Cena's our U.S. champ. Kevin Owens has just made his uh, debut in, you know, as NXT champ on the WWE roster. Um, the Intercontinental Champion was the very disagreed upon Ryback. Uh, <clears throat> we had the primetime players as our tag team champions. This was the time when um, there were stables in women's wrestling. Charlotte and Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch were brand new to the main roster. This is Team PCB, Team Bad. <clears throat> uh, oh, we, what was that? The submission sorority or something that they very quickly had to rebrand? Yes. Because of... <laughs> Sites Somebody Googled the internet. <laughs> the dark web yeah. is a hell of a place, boys. <laughs> uh, this was a time when Cody Rhodes was Stardust, Puck was Neville, uh, Dolph Ziggler was with Lana, and on the Raw before we recorded, Rusev threw a fish. 
that that is where that is where we are that we could not have started at any other time because if you had to describe this podcast it's like when rusev threw a fish it's wrestling adjacent it's very confusing and silly this makes the episode the title for this episode rusev threw a fish uh let's no, but here's the thing, though. I actually, this surprises me to hear what you're talking about so far. If I would have bet money that we were talking on the air when uh, Kevin Owens showed up in NXT and powerbombed Sami Zayn at the end of the night. Like, I feel like that was totally something that we yeah. have espoused about on this show. And we probably have later on because it's been a memorable moment for years. But, man, I really would have thought that we were podcasting earlier than that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Where does the time go? This was an era where Blue Pants made her debut on NXT TakeOver. We had Adam Cole and Donovan Dijak in Ring of Honor. Adam Page was just a, you know, young kid uh, in Ring of Honor. AJ Styles wrestled Akata for the New Japan or the IWGP heavyweight title. I don't know who that is. Kenny Omega was wrestling for the junior heavyweight title at this time. Uh, at TNA Turning Point, some guy named Drew Galloway wrestled some guy named Eli Drake. Hmm, weird. Matt Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Hardy. Me, yeah. Matt Hardy was not yet broken. Gargano and Champa were just finishing up the Indies, and Braun Breaker was still in high school. What was his name mm -hmm. then? Bronson Rex Steiner. <laughs> I wish Rex Steiner was a single word. I thought well, I should have told it. It is. Oh, it is? It's got to be. Yeah, that's their last name. The, 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 the Steiner brother last name is R-E-C-H Steiner. Rex Steiner. That's, that's what they should have called him, though. Rex Steiner. He's got to be Rex Steiner, Steiner. when he yeah, comes yeah. up to the main roster, right? Yeah. That would be awesome. <laughs> I mean, come I, on. That is a good name right there. How could you not? <laughs> so uh, so when just, you think so yeah but the 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 i was gonna say the 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 time period of the world of wrestling when you guys started this whole deal it seemed to be kind of uh a dynamic and in a state of flux things seem to be changing um from one way to another we saw a lot of new blood coming in that sort of thing um what was it what was it about wrestling back then that made you want to do this thing? And how much of it was just you just wanted to visit with each other? Uh, let's say hi to Oscar first. Oscar's here, everyone. <laughs> oh, there he is. Oscar, yes. Oscar, <laughs> yes, so is here. He just wants my pancakes. He's looking at your pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He would sell your ass out for a pancake so quick. <laughs> uh, yes, he would. Yes, he would. Uh, I think we had, you know, we had started the number two contenders, which at that point was a blog. We were in Google Docs, I believe, typing to each other and, and thinking that we would be entertaining enough that way to. Uh, yeah. And also, in fairness to us, this was back in the day when people read things on the Internet primarily. That's true. Also, true. Um, you know, it was before YouTube let you upload like longer than 10 minute videos. Um so you know it, it was a different it was a different landscape at the time. But yeah, go ahead. Um, you know, and we, you know, the the New Age Insiders, I believe, did technically start before us. And I was just, you know, 
Yeah, but who's still going? That, that's, it. that's the thing. <laughs> they keep claiming they're coming back, and you know, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, you know, and I think we thought, you know, this might be something fun. I definitely there was a part of me that wanted to do a podcast. There was a part of me that knew that Doc Manson and I had that je ne sais quoi that I thought would carry over well into, you know, um, into a podcast. The two of us, you know, are are very similar to this when the when the microphone's not on. It's, you know, these sort of conversations happened well before um well before we started recording. And yeah, there was a part of it that was just, you know, we've mentioned it many, many times. Uh, before this, Doc and I would see each other maybe twice a year. And each time I would leave that going, you know, I really enjoy his company. I would love to spend more time with him. And then I'd see him again six months later. So, you know, so, uh, you know, having an opportunity to, to hang out with, you know, one of your best friends in the world is, is a pretty good deal. I guess. Very good. Very see, good. see, no, see what yeah. I mean. This is what I deal with. This is what I've been yeah. dealing with for twenty yeah. years now. You're doing the Lord's work, DC. Not me. I ate the pop oh. with him. Well, you're eating pancakes. That's true. It's <laughs> everything more. No, and, and I'm glad that you. I, I'm glad that you were delivered a a treat plate there because it does kind of roll into another question um, that I've got. You know, I, I've often said to people that the bestie chat is really just a food blog. It's really just a place for us to. Talk about what we like to eat and what we want to make and take pictures of what we made and share it with everybody. Um, In in episode 16, um, September 27th, 2015, um, we get maybe the first of the tangential rants on cookies and sweets and candies and all of that sort of things. And, And over the years, we've heard you guys sing the praises of various treats, whether they be Oreos or cereals even the nuts and bolts of almond milk production, for God's sake. And it was here that I learned that soy milk is more accurately described as soy juice, which somehow makes it even less appealing than it was before. (laughs) But I digress. What comes to mind when you think back to all the food talk? Any particular hits or misses? Uh, What's going on with that? I think think we peaked. uh, And as you often peak uh, by, by, you know, reaching too close to the sun, um, I think our, our Oreo taste test was both the pinnacle and the ultimate, more or less, end of that line for us because I couldn't eat an Oreo for two years after that particular um, that particular incident. DC. Walk us through that they, incident. They Walk so us good. through that experience. They were so good. DC, I mean... <clears throat> I don't even really remember at this point, but we had at least a couple of different flavors of Oreos. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I, I went to the local Mega Mart and I bought every interesting flavor that they had. So there was a lemon one. There was a blueberry pie one. I don't remember if there was a birthday cake one or that might have been a different episode. Maybe. Um, all I, so- I remember is at some point we took all these flavors and then we twisted them apart, and then yep. we made a monstrosity <laughs> stack yeah. in which all of the flavors were which together. I believe, which I believe we labeled diabetes. I believe that was the name. <laughs> yeah. That was Wilford the name Brimley of that. Would be, uh, very proud. Wilford Brimley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that came that came across 
listening to that as the first time that a man actually <laughs> needed to bath all over a podcast. Mm. It was a yeah. bit much. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I, I want to say, I, I think somebody over at the Oreo company, Nabisco, <laughs> has been listening because I don't know if you've noticed, but they seem to have slowed down in the uh, flavor <laughs> production uh, recently. So I don't know. I, I think they realize that maybe there's too much of a good thing sometimes. I think so. Uh, <clears throat> that always comes to mind. Uh, two others. It's an early, early episode. It may have even been the lost episode, but I don't think so. I think it's another episode we recorded in a basement, though. Um, I've eaten maybe two Slim Jims in my life. <laughs> One of them too, too many. was with Doc Manson. <laughs> and I, I enjoy jerky. I've probably eaten jerky on this show before. We have an air, you know, air fryer that has a dehydration option. I may be looking into making my own jerky at some point. But I remember opening a Slim Jim and eating it and just being like, this is Randy Savage lied to me for years because it's it disgusting. Didn't give you the macho madness? Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, no. Is, is right. <laughs> I uh, love Slim Jim. I know you do. You need some right now. You can have, you can have my, all of mine. Don't uh, get me wrong. I'd rather have some good beef jerky. Sure. If that's all I've got for a meat product, I will eat it too. Do they have uh, is beef jerky a thing in the UK, Glenn? It is. Um, how is that possible? You guys didn't have the old west, you weren't eating to the <laughs> right out across the they sell, they sell packets of it. It's uh, all right. Um, what, what jerky can you get in uh, in down your way, Jer? Well, oh, what, man, if you can, I mean, if you can dehydrate it, you can make jerky out of it, DC. Gator jerky. Hey, look. Let me tell you something, gator jerky, you know, we got, you know, you can get your emu around here, you know, uh, uh, raccoon, of course, obviously. Now, if you can dehydrate a meat, uh, you can turn it into a uh, a chewable beef product. This is this is how we bring the food thing back, is we got to get that P.O. box so that people can send us their unique jerkies from all over the world, and then we can sample them. Oh, the, the DDT Bestie Cookbook has been a long time coming. I mean, that's true. It, also, true. it has to happen. I mean, it, it seems like, you know, in this age of technology, it wouldn't be so tough to uh, assemble and collate uh, such a such a product. When I was in Mississippi, Louisiana area uh, for that that summer, um, there was a restaurant. I can't remember the name of the restaurant, but they served as an appetizer. These these like spicy uh, deep fried gator balls. And they're not testicles. They're just they're they're just rolled up gator meat, uh, you know, with peppers in them, and I think probably rolled in cornmeal, deep fried, that sort of thing. And that was awesome. Not beef jerky, but um, but still, what I when I think of gator, because I was thinking of gator meat, it obviously, and those deep fried gator balls. Hey, oh my the fried alligator is is spectacular. I'm glad you got mm -hmm. the experience. Good stuff. Uh, the second one, actually, you know. Of course, of course, you know, pho is, is pretty much a sponsorship at this point. Um, but anytime we would come over for, you know, a, a big event or something, there would be an abnormal amount of Chinese food, which we would devour. And then we would sit down to record. And inevitably, one of the first words was usually Doc, but sometimes me or GQ going, because uh, we had just consumed 
you know, pound, pound and a half of food in a 15 minute period. And, uh, you know, we're, we're not kids anymore. We keep thinking like we're going to go to the McDonald's dollar menu and spend 10 bucks on like five sandwiches each. We can't do it anymore. I, I don't got the stamina for it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it does catch up with you. How many different Oreo flavors did you try that day? I want to say there were four. But I don't remember the other two. Lemon and blueberry come to mind. I can't remember what the other two were. Maybe like maybe peanut butter. Yeah, I don't think because I feel like care. There's there's a carrot cake Oreo. Oh, we might have done that later though. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. someone will have to go back and you know go through. There's an account. We do the Pop Rocks one. Did we do that on the show? Oh no, you're right. That was one of them. Pop Rocks Oreos. That was one of them. That was disgusting. Yeah. I think that yeah. that made it because now you're carbonating was... all the stuff in your stomach, which was a terrible <laughs> idea. Oh. Nightmare, nightmare. Um, I want to I want to take us back to uh, to November twentieth, two thousand fifteen, and the the great <laughs> gift war of twenty fifteen. Or if uh, you couldn't understand what I just said, I'll say it in a different way: the great GIF war of twenty fifteen. Gentlemen, GIF or GIF? Where are we? You almost had my respect. With the proper pronunciation the first time. You just had to go back down for the GIF. You just had to. I, I have learned now that it is GIF. Um, at that time, I honestly did not know the the pronunciation. You know, when when you teach young children, you teach them that a G has two sounds. Sometimes it says G, sometimes it says J. And, you know. I so. will say, to this day, the creator of the GIF says that the proper pronunciation is GIF. Um, but this is the reason why y- y- you don't make people into your heroes, because they can do a good thing and still be completely wrong. Glenn, Glenn how do you say it in uh, your part of the world? It's a GIF. It's a hard G. GIF is a, GIF, GIF is a cleaning product over here. Which is funny because Jif is a here. peanut butter over here. <laughs> <laughs> graphics interchange format. Good graphics gif. Sorry. All right. Well, now hold on. Now I just need to know if if Jif is a clean. What is the what is a popular brand of peanut butter in the UK? Some pat. Okay. Never heard of it, but okay. Uh, I'll post post a picture of it later on this. (laughs) And again, because we have three different parts of the world. Well, what is the most popular peanut butter uh, down down in the in Cajun country? Probably Peter Pan. I think Peter Pan's probably the most popular peanut butter in all of the U.S. If I had to take a guess, Peter Pan's pretty good. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Peter Pan is pretty decent. It's pretty decent. I like the natural peanut butter. You know, like where you look in the ingredients, and the first and first and only ingredient is peanuts. That's yeah, the kind that I like. But isn't that the kind also when you get the jar? Oh, there it is. He got us a jar of peanut butter. Beautiful. I've never seen. It. Does it come in? Does it come in chunky and smooth? Can it you does. get chunky peanut butter? Yeah, okay. you get chunky and smooth on that one. I usually a name like Sun Pat. I don't know why, but living here in the states. I feel like that name would have to be on something that was a, a sunflower uh, butter, butter, sunflower yeah. seed butter of some sort. But no, it's peanuts. You're sh- you asking well, if are you sure, sure it's peanuts? <laughs> I mean, I'm asking to be sure. No, I'm not sure because looking, <laughs> looking at the picture, 
looking at the picture on here, it could yeah. quite easily be. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Seeds. That looks like a sunflower. <laughs> the UK has been lying to its citizens for years. <laughs> Big peanut butter. It whatever. It tastes delicious. Good. Good. 1946. All right. Okay. They're claiming. Mm. Taken over by Nestle in 1988. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, really the Premier Foods acquired. Okay, we're, fall, we're falling down a Wikipedia rabbit hole, as we so <laughs> often do. Currently owned by Haynes Celestial Group. Celestial is that the tea company? That sounds like a, like a, a evil superhero team up, like an a, an evil corporation. I believe that is who created the Eternals, is the Celestials. Yeah. Wow, they're oh owned twenty percent by Heinz. Would you would you oh please close Wikipedia, Doc? We got a show to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let me go back to that same episode, that GIF or GIF episode. This was an episode where uh, maybe for the first time, um, DC describes Doc as someone who has passionate pessimism. Now, you know some people would say that passion is pessimism's best antidote. Now, author Joyce Carol Oates said, keep a light, hopeful heart, but expect the worst. Talk about managing expectations, whether it's in hobbies or your life or in podcasting. We um, made, give we made such some, some adult advice here. We made such the right choice in having Jeremy host this show. Our uh-huh. show would have been terrible. Let me break out. We're some not Joyce done yet. Carol. See, this can fly way off the rail. Let, let me break out some Joyce Carol Oates. Did you look up that quote, or is that something you just happened to know because of your window washing experience? I found that one specifically. Okay. What are we talking about again? I was just too impressed. Managing expectations. You call Doc a a uh, passionate. He is someone with passionate pessimism. Is that any way to go through life? I think it's been working out. I don't know. DC, I'm interested more in your opinion. Well, I don't know that I would call you a passionate pessimist anymore. You are a very different person than you were back in November of 2015. It's amazing what uh, antidepressants can do for a person. I'm just saying, you know, you know, you, you, I would say now there's more, there's some realism in there. I don't know that it's all pessimism. Um, but I do think, you know, I think there's something to be said that if you go through life with fairly low expectations, uh, most of the time you wind up being pleasantly surprised. At some point, we may have expected that this would become a successful podcast that might lead to a certain modicum of fame and, you know, financial benefit and to be fair that is somewhat true we have a bestie chat we have uh, a patreon we do have that but i think for the most part we knew going in being two people in our 30s when we started who were both married and had careers already or for the most we were close to having careers um Yeah, we were working on careers. You know, we knew this was going to be a, a side hustle at best, if not a hobby. And so we only went into it knowing that. And we watched other podcasts rise and fall because they had higher expectations. That I think that is the mantra 
of DDT wrestling. All all 440 episodes, I think, can be summed up with low expectations. <laughs> Keep a light, hopeful heart, but expect the worst. <laughs> I think I think there's something you know. Be open, you know. Be open to to optimism and enjoy, welcome the surprises of good things that come your way. Uh, but also understand that, especially you know, I didn't go in on my little spreadsheet. Uh, to talk about what some of the rest of the world was like in 2015, where certain people, you know, had just recently announced their candidacy for president and were talking about how Mexico would pay for certain things and all of that, you know. That worked out well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Low expectations. (laughs) The DDT wrestling story. Go ahead, go ahead. I think the uh, the low expectations and the pessimism is why Doc and I became friends in the first place. <laughs> yeah, kindred probably. I'm the, I'm the same. <laughs> yes, kindred spirits. And you know, I don't I, I don't mean this to be insulting, but I, I've been told that I have an old soul, and, <laughs> and so I, I think there's some similarity there as well. Yes. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah. No, that's not insulting at all. <laughs> Jeremy, would you say that you're you're the most optimistic of us all? Uh, only when it comes to the uh, United States men's national soccer team. I'm uh, convinced they're going to win every game 45 to nothing. Um, and if they didn't, then it was obviously uh, a work and uh, somebody got screwed. Um, uh, but no, no, I, I don't think I am the most optimistic of all of you. I think Glenn is the most op- uh, optimistic of the four of us well, currently he, assembled. He should be with his fourth place Arsenal team. I mean, how could he not be optimistic? Chelsea's third. Jeremy, he's coming for hey, you. Uh, no, that's how okay. Is, uh, yeah. How's AC Richmond doing? I, I haven't been paying attention. <laughs> oh, they're doing great. All right. Oh, yeah. Uh, AC Richmond. AC <laughs> Richmond is currently in second place in the Western Huffle Snort uh, Division <laughs> in Lower North Umbridge, England. Yeah, they are the, 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 the second place team in the Huffle Snort Division. I feel like while... While part of me thinks that that was supposed to be uh, so bombastic as to be unbelievable, and yet, and yet, <laughs> that does sound like something that I, I totally believe that all you UK knights are actually out there talking about right now. <laughs> That's the trouble with Jeremy. <laughs> he does this. There's he does this all one the of time. The troubles. He's an excellent liar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'd, I'd like to point he makes out it that so that. Back when back when we started, you know, and for a good while, I thought uh, the way to reach Jeremy on Twitter was at ePlan DNFL. Yeah, that would work. It took me a while to realize that EPL stood for something. (laughs) What does it stand for? The English Premier League, if I remember correctly. It's not where AC Richmond. Can I I bring back a memory, DC, that you thought right at the beginning? I was a bot account. Oh, of course. I mean, you were actually following and talking to us. What else could you mean? <laughs> we must I, have been I, designed to get our social security numbers and our bank account information. I mean, who else still, would speak with us? It's still it's still possible. You don't know. Very it's possible. still possible. It's a very, very long con. <laughs> <laughs> very long and expensive con. <laughs> Lynn's a hell of a worker. Mm-hmm. Um, let let me let me take you back here now um, as we uh, very poorly transition topics. Uh, February third, twenty seventeen, 
was an interesting episode. DC was upset that Roman Reigns was number 30 in the Royal Rumble. Of all the guys it could have been, DC, and I quote, says Roman flipping Reigns. DC, that was 2017. Would you like to apologize to Vince McMahon? No. I'm glad that, you know, Roman Reigns is the tribal chief and the head of the table and, you know, the biggest star, perhaps, would I say biggest star of this century? Well, certainly of the the 2010s. Um, but no, when, when you're number 30, this is the, the reason why inevitably it's parts of the Royal Rumble are disappointing. You always want number 29 and no, number 30 to be these big returns. And when they're just, you know, the obvious choice, it's, it's a letdown. Especially when it's a guy who at this point has, you know, been on the main roster for five years and has already, you know, held every title in the damn company. It, it, you know, number 30 in the Rumble, I feel like, can be so much more than that. You that's know what it. I mean? It just seems like the safe choice, I guess. And that's always disappointing. Number 30 uh, should always be a surprise. Yeah, number 30 year. should be a guaranteed spot for someone who is not either returning from injury or not currently on the roster. This year, I want to see Braun Breaker at number 50 or 30 and then go for uh, the NXT title. This year, I would accept Roman Reigns at number 30 because that would be a total surprise given that he's already the damn champion, right? And that's a story I've been wanting to see play out for a long time where he, they go in, they win the, the Rumble, and they say, well, I guess I get WrestleMania night off. And then you can have all sorts of storylines come together. That would be great. Yeah. So, so you don't... you. Well, Vince obviously had this guy's name circled way back then. You know, so do you not give as much credit to him or WWE uh, bookers or planners for, you know, sticking with somebody they know is going to work out despite, you know, the, the, the obvious hate from uh, DC in that particular moment. Do you, What's better? Is it better to do the fan service in the moment or is it better to stick to your guns because you know it's going to pay off later? The best thing to do is to do both of those things. The problem is when you do nothing but tell the fans to go fuck themselves because at that point, (laughs) you'll lose a big portion of your audience, especially when you do it over the course of, say, a decade. (laughs) Okay. I think we have. I think we have. I think we have seen over the course of our three hundred episodes um, a definite shift from maybe in twenty fifteen. You know, oh no, when 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 was uh, Daniel Bryan winning? What year was that? Winning right. WrestleMania fourteen, fifteen, something around there. Oh, um, yeah, you know, there was fan service at that time. And I think now when there is fan service, um, it's either not that big of a deal or, as Doc said, it's the rare chance when fan service actually helps tell a narrative. You know, Roman Reigns, Superman punching Paul Heyman and potentially reuniting Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar is going to tell a good story and make people really happy. That promo from two weeks ago where Brock's with his, you know, country bumpkin overalls talking about, you know, taking Sami Zayn hunting and 
Heyman grabs the mic and talks about, you know, how he feels like, you know, the meds have kicked in or something because Brock Lesnar shouldn't be doing this and talks Brock Lesnar back into that frenzy that everyone likes to see, um, you know, was a good fan service moment and told a compelling story. It's nice when you can do both, but I think I can we say right now that WWE is really con- concerned with telling compelling stories, not to be passionately pessimistic about it, but Doc's okay. not watching anymore. I'm barely watching current stuff right now. Um, you know, are, is, is the storytelling happening or are they just sort of connecting dots because they know we're going to tune in? Yeah. Are we, um, are we mm. in an abusive relationship situation? Yeah. yeah. Glenn, how much, how much Raw and SmackDown are you watching on a weekly basis? Um, I got through, I, I recalled in them, but I got through no Raw and about 20 minutes of SmackDown. Uh, Jeremy. NXT, NXT and NXT UK are the two go-to shows for me. This sure. Week. Well, one of, them's I, got, I, one of them's got Charlie Dempsey. You have to watch. I record uh, Raw and SmackDown weekly. Um, it has been several weeks since I have watched a single minute of either. And, and, and you know, ostensibly, we right here, right now, we have small sample size and all that. But we've got four people who here in our lives uh, are pretty dedicated to this silly theatrical uh, uh, entertainment venue that we call uh, professional wrestling, right? And yeah. yet, all four of us are basically voting with our time here to say that we're just not interested in what the WWE is doing right now, at least by and large. Um, but yet, and yet, uh, and yet, I don't know about the two of you, Glenn and Jeremy, but I know for a fact that uh, we're giving $10 a month to Peacock and the WWE Network. Um, I, so I, whatever, I guess, is working out for them. Yeah, they're fine <laughs> as far yeah. as that goes. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's yeah. more of a global thing right now. Streaming services are at a cost where, you know, can you justify paying five to $15 a month for Hulu, for Netflix, for Disney, for that's all they want. They want you to like it enough to give them their small modicum of money. And the rest of it is gravy. Whether or not you choose to watch is less concerning to them. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Although I will say they've reached the point where, yes, yes, $10 is too much. $5 $5 is too much. I, I've said this more or less on the show. I only pay it because my dear friend, DC Matthews, desperately wants to watch this product, and he wants to watch it ad-free. And, and, and in fairness, again, full transparency, patreon.com forward slash DDT wrestling. I, I handle the money, but I'm not. it's not my personal money that I'm spending on this, of course. Um, but at, at the same time, I, I, would, I would not continue to subscribe to Peacock at this point. I think they have reached the point where it's like, why? I do not even tune in for the pay-per-views. I literally, there was a couple of weeks back, I opened Peacock on the night of a pay-per-view. It was the big splash screen. All I had to do was press enter to watch whatever it was that was happening. And I said, nah, I closed it. I had no interest, none. Zip, zero, zilch. It actively prevented me 
from looking through the rest of Peacock's offerings, I was so put off by seeing that <laughs> splash screen of WWE idiots up there. I was just like, I ah, forget it. Doc, are you are, are you in agreement? I think uh, a DC and Glenn and I share this opinion. Doc, are you in agreement that the WWE pay per view um, products are generally much better than their weekly TV product? I think there was a time that that was true, um, but at this point, I'm not convinced. Now, this comes from somebody who has not watched. Pay-per-view product <laughs> in a year or maybe more. Oh, well, no, I guess that's not true. I've probably watched probably WrestleMania and Rumble last year. Um, but the thing is with the pay-per-views is I feel like they have become a massive waste of time also. And, and that's weird, right? Because especially as somebody not watching the weekly television, if I were to watch a pay-per-view where they show me a 10-minute video package, uh, I ought to be happy about that video package, right? Because I otherwise, ostensibly, I have no idea what's going on, right? So in theory, I should appreciate that. However, when I do, t- when I was tuning in and watching those things, those video packages always felt like a monumental waste of time. I didn't find them informative. I didn't find them entertaining. Um, I, it, it just reads like propaganda. You know what I mean? And maybe that's partly because I know having you know a long history of watching the weekly product and seeing what actually makes it into those video packages, it's not giving you a, a, a good overview of everything that actually happened. They're just, it's just a hype package. It's, it's all style and zero substance. And I actually want the substance. Well, I did at one time. That's why I watched the weekly product, right? And so I, to make a longer story longer, um, basically what I'm saying is oh, there's a lot of wasted time on the pay-per-views and I think that's why I stopped watching them. Don't get me wrong. Like the quality of the wrestling probably is higher than what they were offering on a weekly basis. Mm. But there was so much filler. Never mind the fact that I, I, I'm watching a product that I've paid for. And I also have to take commercial breaks mm-hmm. on top of yeah. it. It's like you, you have a video pack. You have a commercial. You have a video package. You have another commercial. You have the entrances. You have a commercial. You have the match. You have a commercial. It match continue. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm paying for this? A premium? Like, I, it it really put me off from it. So I, I don't know that I would say it's a superior product in the pay-per-views anymore. Um, I, I felt like my time was wasted enough that I stopped watching it. So... I, I don't know if I can agree with that. Can I just say, uh, talking for somebody from the UK that still has the network, we don't get all those ads in the network on the network, and it's the worst thing they ever did was going to Peacock. Yeah, I mean, I would say we 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 were getting commercials even when it was the network, though. Mm. I don't know if that's different between the UK and here. <clears throat> I I think they've just started. To, you know, when Charlotte's doing the cricket wireless, or Sasha Banks and Big E are talking about some vitamin water or something, mm. they've figured out a way to weave it in. It's not an ad that's for right. Peacock. It's mm. WWE is putting up their own commercials that feature WWE superstars, or it's your Connor's Cure little vignette, or it's your you know, merchandise is half price sort of vignette. They've put ads in. And And don't get me wrong. I enjoy a good Ico Pro ad as much (laughs) as the rest of the world. 
But these modern ads, they're just not doing it for me. You think you can mess with Brock Lesnar? Flip card. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'll say I still watch. I will watch day one. Um, I don't think you need the weekly programming anymore, whether it's because of the video packages or Twitter or YouTube. You can stay up to speed with what's happening. But I think here's the actual thing. Here's the thing. I I think that thanks to Twitter, I don't need to watch any of the actual products. I get enough of what's going on in the WWE just through Twitter. Sure. I don't even have to watch the pay-per-views anymore. That's sad, isn't it? <laughs> I feel like yeah, that's enough wrestling in my life. But is there Whatever. not enough of a do you do you not have enough of an online camaraderie with all your pals that you that you don't get something out of experiencing the pay-per-view with with people, even if they're not in the same room as you? I used to get something out of that experience, and I still get something out of that experience uh uh for say uh, Joe Bob Briggs, who does the excellent last drive-in mm-hmm. specials or, and seasons on Shutter. We just had Joe Bob Ruins Christmas uh, on Friday night. Um, that was a great double feature. Uh, they did a, their, their, uh, they did a Christmas uh, charity event, donation pledge. Good fun. And I love being on Twitter to do those live tweet things with the community. Yes, I love that. Um, but I don't know. Like, honestly... You just don't like us enough to spend time with us during a WWE pay-per-view. It's not you. It's not you. But then it's Glenn. Part, part of my problem on Twitter is all the people that I follow. And like, I, I will say when I go on Twitter these days, really all it is, is me unfollowing people as I see things in my time. I'm like, ah, this was a stupid tweet. This was a stupid tweet. <laughs> I mean, the only people, if Life's I know your name, if, if I know your name, if, if you're in the bestie chat, you can post about whatever sadly unfortunately but i I have a strict (laughs) no sports rule if you are if you are posting about sports you're out of the out of my timeline unless of course you're a bestie Um, but and and that's you know you're following 1549 people yeah i mean that's on me don't get me wrong i get it (laughs) that's the thing i'm gonna say is that is dwindling it used to be a lot more it was Um, it was it was over 2000 at one point yeah there's so much there's so much bullshit, so much negativity going on on the Twitter timeline that I don't like being part of the wrestling community during pay-per-views. Now, if I had, you know, a more a, a more insulated place like the Bestie Chat, and don't get me wrong, you guys do provide that there. Um maybe I'd be more interested in participating, but I'd also have to be interested in the product, which I'm just not. But you will watch an AEW pay-per-view. Is that because oh, yeah. they're less frequent, better, both? Yes. Okay. Um, but it, it's because it's because I like that product still. Um, when I watch an AEW show, it doesn't have that cadence I was just talking about. It's not 10-minute video package commercial, entrances commercial. It's it's just it's just wrestling. It's just wrestling. I mean yeah, they, they do occasionally have a video package, but they're not these overblown, awful things. And don't get me wrong, as they get more and more, um, as, as they become more and more of a professional company, maybe a lot of that stuff will naturally creep in and that will cause me uh, to to dislike their product more. But at the moment, at the moment, they're doing a lot right. And at the moment, I, I don't feel that way. But yeah. I... I reserve I am, my right to change my mind. 
I, I am going on record as of right now today to say that AEW will have a streaming service before the end of 2022. Uh, how much you're willing to pay a month for AEW streaming service? Probably about five dollars a month. It all Is that because of lack of back catalog? They just don't have that much, or uh, no? I, I think that's really what I would want to pay for any wrestling streaming service because I have zero interest in back catalog. Um, like the WWE Network was fantastic, and I, when it first came out, I did dip my toes into the back catalog. I, I famously as said in this show many times, uh, I was absent completely throughout the Attitude Era. Um, so like I never saw any of those Raws or SmackDowns or what have you. So when the network first came out, they first actually started getting those Raws up on line where people could see them. I started watching them. I did. Um, but I didn't last very long because there's so much garbage on Raw. Even back in those days where they're like, ah, oh, this is the best this is the best. It was I've ever very top heavy. Those that era oh, yeah. was very top heavy. <laughs> yeah, and like it's just so a lot of it's unwatchable in my opinion. I, so I just, I just I really I have zero interest in a back catalog. The WWE Network showed me I have zero interest in the back catalog. All I want is to be able to watch your current product and your current <laughs> pay per views for a reasonable price. And I think one of the things that WWE that shot themselves in the foot it was brilliant, but also shot themselves in the foot was including their pay per views in the network um, price. I think for better longevity, the thing that they probably should have done is, yeah, you've got this $5 tier for uh, watching our current television product. I understand they have television deals in place that made that impossible to actually do. But I think they should have done that. And then these pay-per-views, which were $60 a month, and don't get me wrong, they see that people aren't paying anymore, they're not paying anymore, they're not paying anymore. But even if they had gone to the extreme and said, okay, if you subscribe to our network, $5 a month, not $9.99 a month, but $5 a month, and we will give you the discount price for our pay-per-views of $9.99, $10 a month for the pay-per-views. I think a lot of people would have paid it, and that would have been an additional 50% of profit on top of the $9.99 a month that they're charging. Uh, I think that would have been good for them, ultimately, because as you can see, the WWE Network, WWE Network was not profitable enough globally that they weren't not willing to sell rights to their licensed content to another company, a Peacock, NBC in this case, uh, to go forward. So clearly the network never reached the profitability levels that they were hoping for. Um, and I think, again, I think they shot themselves in the foot by not continuing to additionally monetize the pay-per-views. You were already in a situation where your target audience had normalized the idea of paying you additional money for these special events they should have held on to that, I think. And that's, I think, what we see AEW doing. So I'll be curious to see what their paper, what their streaming product is. Do they give full parity to this juggernaut that's the WWE? Because they feel like we have to give away the pay-per-views. Otherwise, who would pay for that? Or, or do they say, we live in a world where we've been giving away our product on television and on YouTube, and people can watch Dark all they want, and people are watching it, and they are coming in, and they're right now in the United States. We've got plenty of people jumping through all sorts of hoops to watch this on very specific providers for $60 a month, and it's profitable enough that we're happy enough with that. Would they be smart enough to say, well, we've already got this business model built in, and our fans, the people actually watching the product, are willing to pay $60? 
And don't get me wrong, yeah, there's a trade-off. We can probably get more people to pay us money. And can we make that work in our favor by getting enough more people to pay that uh, by lowering the price? Um, so I wonder when they do a streaming product here, if that's what they'll do, if they'll have something for the weekly product and an additional fee for the pay-per-views, because I feel like uh, the type of uh, you know audience they've got, they're 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 eager, they're into it, they're very dedicated to that company, to that brand. I think they can get away with it. Uh, the question is, how many more new people will they attract if they if they stick to those guns? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I don't get paid the big bucks, so somebody else knows better than me. DC, where are you on an AEW streaming service? I'm all for it. Uh, I would be interested to see if they start reaching out to Ring of Honor. You know, mm-hmm. can we interest you in potentially making a deal with us. We get some of your archived content. And if you do make a return as a viable company, you can do it kind of under the AEW umbrella. Um, there's already some sort of relationship between AEW and Impact. They could, you know, work that way. Um, you know, there is some sort of relationship between AEW and New Japan. So who knows what that could wind up looking like. Uh, I would be willing to um you know doc runs the finances of our of our enterprise but you know i think ten dollars a month is totally feasible uh if they wanted to put the pay-per-views on and charge twenty dollars a month if they were having pay-per-views every month or every other month there's an argument to be made it depends on what they want do they want to maximize the number of people who have access to their streaming service or are they happy with a smaller, more passionate group of fans? And I will say, I mean, that's part of the reason why I think an additional fee per pay-per-view is the way for them to go because they don't have pay-per-views every month. You can't charge $20 a month every month if you're not going to offer a pay-per-view that month. You know what I mean? And I I actually, I prefer their less frequent pay-per-views. Um, Certainly, the way that they're they're doing it right now, again, I I, I haven't been watching uh, for multiple reasons. But I like the fact that they have these larger televised events, these named shows that show up in the time slot um, for mm-hmm. Dynamite and for Rampage. I think that's clever. Yeah. It's a good way to the way the interest. way the cl- Clash of the Champions exactly originally it. was, yeah, absolutely. or the sat- or the Saturday Night Main Event when it was four or five times a year. <clears throat> yep, absolutely. Yeah. I, th- I think that's smart. Glenn, what do you got? Again, uh, talking for somebody that watches AEW through fire, I think they've screwed you lot. <laughs> you charge you, they charge you a fortune. They charge us uh, twenty-five pounds. It's twenty pounds you know, for a pay-per-view, yeah, and five dollars for for your for the for the monthly uh, streaming service through five. Yeah, so, yeah. So twenty-five total. So. Twenty-five quid, which is about twenty-eight, thirty dollars a month, to get the full streaming service and their pay-per-views. Yeah, and that's only the months when there is a pay-per-view, right? That's right. Uh, yeah. So, like, it's ridiculous. I, I, I think I said this on a recent um, on a recent episode of this show. Uh, basically, you know, I was not able to. They, they first of all, they geo-locked through Fight TV, being mm-hmm. able to even buy 
uh, the last uh, AEW pay-per-view. So I couldn't actually purchase it here in the States. I could not give them my $60, despite the mm-hmm. fact that I wanted to give them my $60. Mm-hmm. So instead, I VPNed over to the UK because it was the only way I had to legitimately purchase this product. Any other way, I would have had to just gone to a streaming site and pirated it because um, Bleacher Report did not work on the, the devices that I have available to me. And I only ended up paying uh, the 20 pounds f- for, to watch that show. And I'm much happier about that. Much, much happier yeah. <laughs> about that. Um, yes, w- why? Why in the day and age of the internet where you know there, there is no overhead working with a cable broadcasting company, why on earth is it not the same price in every territory allowing for exchange rate? Well, how is it? How is it not the same price? How? It's, it's amazing. You know, fight. They give me incentives as well. If I if I book up the pay per views on fight, which I watch some of the boxing as well on there, it, then I build up credits. Yeah, fight box so or by, something, right? Yeah. So so by the time an AEW, so <laughs> so by the time an AEW pay per view comes along. I could watch it on fight and basically have it for free because I've got built up the credits on a whole fight TV. Jeremy, I don't know if you know this, but all <laughs> currencies are made up. The dollar, the pound. Oh, I know. They're all made. They're all made. <laughs> I, know. I know. I know it's all bullshit. Real. I know. <laughs> okay, okay. Just check no, in here. No, 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 no. No. Fiat currency is the greatest scam that anybody's ever put over on anybody oh, else yeah. for sure. Don't even get me started on the Bitcoin or the Dogecoin or the whatever, whatever a pound is. I don't believe that either. Um, a second ago, uh, a little while ago, I know you guys got several emails in this week that I know you guys want to get to. Yes. Uh, before we before we get that, let, let me ask you one more thing before we get to the emails. And I hope this doesn't step on uh, anything later. Um, because we spent exactly all of zero seconds planning and formatting this thing today. Um, uh, on episode 100, let me take you back real quick to episode 100, mm. October 13th, 2017. Uh, before that episode, we hear from Che, we hear from Glenn, their voices, I mean. We hear from Pav. Um, we also hear Doc scream, how am I not approachable? which is wonderful on so many levels. <laughs> he also notes that most podcasts end before episode 40. So you guys have easily done two or three times that many by now. We got emails on that episode from Seahawk, from Danny, from Chip, from Danielle, and from others. Gentlemen, before we get to the emails, whether specifically or generally, talk about the besties. DC, I feel like you always have more to say. But I have a mouthful of pretzels right now. I mean, they're great. I will say, um, in summation, I don't think we'd be doing the show if there weren't any besties. <laughs> you know, we, we do. We are creatures of, well, I am. I require a certain amount of praise uh, to, to keep the engine running. So, um, you know, having some sort of, Geez, I don't know what the right term is here. Um, not appreciation, but uh, you know, I, I need that motivation certainly coming in from an external source. We we need um, to know that when we're screaming into the void, someone is listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, before I, I go, I just want to say also that figure of forty podcasts was true back. You know, when we started this podcast, 
Uh, these days, because, you know, as we've talked, as we've, as we've lamented on this show many times, there's just a glut of podcasts. Everybody's got a goddamn there. podcast. Everybody's got a damn microphone. Um, now, the current, the current um, figures, 90%, 90% of podcasts don't make it past episode number 12. Three. Wow. <laughs> of the 200,000 podcasts that are left that make up the last 10%, 90% of those will quit after 20 episodes. So you're oh. in the top 1%. I'm a one percenter. <laughs> Finally. I've tried so hard. And you published more bought, than 21 episodes. I've bought so many scratchy lottery tickets. Well, by that measure, by that measure, gentlemen, we are all indeed um uh, successful. DC, uh just generally or specifically before Bef- you get to the email, talk before, about before we get to that. Uh you mentioned Seahawk a couple of times. We haven't heard yeah. from him in a while. I got this uh DM. Let me know if you th- think this is as the kids say. Sus. Hey, buddy, I'm trying to recover my email account. Can you send me subject lines from and then he gives what I believe his old email account is. Is he actually asking me to go through our email and find subject lines? Would that be a way to recover an email account? Or is he trying to do what Glenn's doing and get my my banking info? Is this Seahawk? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Somebody put yeah. forwarding to be Seahawk. It's from it's from at Big Monster Seven Five Seven, which is Seahawk's new Twitter account. Oh, so he's not Seahawk anymore. No. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, so, it sounds like a scam. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I'm just leaving. Yeah. If he reaches that's back out, that sounds um, very sus. <laughs> uh, let's see. The besties. The besties. What? What? The besties. Um, yeah, I think as I said. You know, we we wanted I was a kid and I've forgive me if I've mentioned this before. Um, I was the biggest wrestling fan I knew. Nobody I knew came remotely close. They would come over to my house because my parents would have food and we'd watch and it was something to do and it was entertaining. But I was the one watching. I was the one e-fedding. I was the one doing all of this ridiculous stuff. And it's a very odd feeling. Um, to be the only real wrestling fan. I didn't own any wrestling t-shirts, but I wouldn't have worn them to school for fear of, you know, well, they couldn't have stuffed me in a locker, but, uh, you know, some sort of... <laughs> you didn't want to be outed anyway. Yeah, some sort of some sort of, of mockery. Um, you know, I, I meet GQ and, and our friend Hyman, who we have talked about. Uh, they are wrestling fans, but again, Hyman's watching because we're interested and he liked The Rock. Um, GQ, say, Hyman, Hyman is not a wrestling fan. He never was. Yeah. <laughs> he was G, a rock fan. You know, G, a... GQ enjoyed spending hours upon hours making wrestlers on the, you know, he enjoyed the, the, the creation, the artistic elements of it. Um, so then to find this community of people who are, you know, I have tweeted, forgive me, this is, you know, I'm not bragging. This is slightly shameful. Um, I'm, I'm approaching 173,000 tweets. I think Glenn has liked every one of them. So, Where do you see the count of tweets? If oh, you go is. to your uh, profile page. 4,207. Yeah. Um, 
So to have a, <laughs> a, to have a group words. of people who, who enjoy wrestling and then who have formed this community around, you know, this, this silly little podcast that doc and I have created um, is wonderful. And we have through the bestie chat, you know, we know about, you know, what's going on in people's families. If there is a tragedy, we rally together around the person. When there is a success, we rally together around that person. You know, um, we've seen kids grow up, weirdly enough, you know. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Che's got kids. Jeremy talks about, you know, his dancers and his cheers and all of that sort of thing. So, like, there is a there is a family atmosphere that becomes of the besties. When when there were tornadoes in Kentucky, we were all waiting to hear from Mitchell. When Danielle does an email in a while, we're all checking in to make sure everything's good. So, you know, that element I never expected from this. I figured we'd podcast, I'd send some tweets. Um, and the fact that all of this has happened is beyond what I could have hoped for. So, you know, so for everyone who's who sent an email, responded, listened to the podcast, we are uh ridiculously grateful for you and this is a celebration for you as much as it is uh for us i mean i'd say more more so even for them for sure for sure (laughs) so because of that we turn to as we do every week you know you're a part of the show uh the emails the emails what what do emails podcast at ddtwrestling.com we have already read glenn's um jeremy was too busy hosting the show didn't send one and that's okay uh We'll go to uh, Simon. Oh, dear, Simon. I have no idea what you're talking about. Half the time you're in the bestie chat, but I love you just the same. Uh, Welcome to prime time. Am I reading this one? It's long. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Dearest all, after my last email, DC wondered if I had asked everyone the shower question. I can confirm, yes, this has been asked of the majority of my friends. The sample size needed to be vast because I wanted to know. I'm so glad that he's writing in about this. I have wondered about this moment several times uh, since this episode was recorded. So I'm sorry, continue, continue. I think what Doc was hinting at ever so gingerly, as politely as possible, was do I ask a lot of those type of questions because I am in a wheelchair? The answer is yes. I noticed my girlfriend stand a certain way when having pictures taken, and I asked questions about walking. I've asked questions about standing. I've asked. If I have never done something but able-bodied friends do it without thinking, you can bet your sweet potatoes I've asked. Uh. To answer the baked beans question, if you get the barbecue beans from KFC as we do, our breakfast baked beans are the same as the KFC ones without the barbecue flavor. It's a tomato sauce. Fair enough. Okay, so less sweet. Less sweet than ours. All right. I don't think this will be my last correspondence before the big 300th show, but if it is... Well, I've said it all before, and it's all true. Your podcast is our podcast, and it means the world to all of us. You might not think you are Hollywood, but you are to everyone who listens. I'd put you up there with members of my family in terms of what you both mean and what Bestie Chat means to me. Ahead of my family in some cases. True. (laughs) My brother just got sentenced to some time in the slammer. You're in a different solar system to that scumbag. God. (laughs) I'm not not reading ahead. I'm not reading ahead. Family isn't always the people with your last name. It could be randomers you have not even met. What you created in this podcast universe and what you continue to add to each week is magical. 
Anyway, I'll shut my mouth and go to bed. I'm in danger of stealing my own words from last year if I carry on. I will at that point have to instruct my lawyers to sue myself for copying my own intellectual property. <laughs> I hope you have a wonderful week and all the best to the bestie chat too. Much love, Simon. Simon, uh, I'm sorry to hear about your brother and uh, we love you dearly. dearly I can definitely dearly. back up uh, the idea <laughs> <laughs> of having a, a larger amount of appreciation for besties than family uh, some days. Let's, let's say that for sure. Uh, all right. Our next email comes from Mitchell Monroe. Congratulations. <clears throat> I'm really bad lately about putting off an email until I come up with a better idea for one than never coming up with said idea and missing an email for that week. Just wanted to make sure that didn't happen today and email right now while I'm thinking about it to say congrats on 300. This podcast has fostered a cool community, and you are all still having amazing chemistry, even if discoverability is tough on podcast platforms. I forgot that Casey Kasem used to read the emails. <laughs> that was a thing for a long time. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Oh. Anything you want to add there, Glenn and Jeremy? Are you okay if we keep going? You're you good? <laughs> God. Lynn is tr having trouble breathing at the moment, so perhaps it's best if you just continue. You're welcome. You have to, you have to watch him yeah. do Casey Kasem to get a full appreciation of it, really. You really do. You really do. You, you, I, I'm, I'm lucky to be in this position. All of you folks don't understand. Uh, uh, Alright, our next email comes from Kevin Johnson, long time no speak. Hey guys, you may not remember me, but I've been an avid listener and contributor for a number of years. Been quite recent, been quiet recently due to everything going on in the world, but wanted to touch base. Mm. Keep doing what you're doing best, Kev. Get Outlook for iOS. Uh, we do remember you, Kev. Every so often we see you in the uh, you yeah. say something in the bestie chat, and it's like everyone like screams your name, like when Norm yeah. walks into the bar, Kev. <laughs> so, all right, thank you, thank you. Our next one comes from the aforementioned Che. 300 not out. Evening, folks. 300 is the perfect score in bowling, achieved by scoring 12 consecutive strikes. The most baked beans eaten with a cocktail stick in 300 seconds is 271. The, two <laughs> the 2006 film 300 was inspired by the Battle of Thermopylae, where 300 Spartans are said to have fought 30,000 Persians. Finally, for 300 episodes, you guys have been a private earful for a small but grateful audience. I nice would personally back. like to wish you congratulations on another milestone and all of you, DC Doc, Mrs. Manson, Mrs. Matthews, GQ, the champ, Mama Matthews, and all family and friends, a Merry Christmas and a much better New Year. All the best, Che, sent from my email to yours. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much in here to like besides the private earful chat or the private earful shout out I don't remember when Doc started reading the little signature at the bottom that says where it was sent from <laughs> but the fact that people go in and change it now to, to, <laughs> I, uh, I love the besties <laughs> so much uh, Che thank you all the best to you and yours as well this holiday season quick uh, interlude I'm sure you're going to mention it on uh, piece of business 
what do the holiday looks what do the holidays look like uh, for you? We we discuss recording at a different time. Um, Jeremy, you mentioned that the twenty third is a, is is the big holiday for your your clan. Yeah, yeah, that's the you know you had mentioned doing this deal on the twenty third, and as it looks like it will be, that's the night that I will be doing Christmas with my children. So um, as much as I love you guys, I chose them on the twenty third over over you all. But uh, yeah, so that'll be uh, that that night. Uh, the next day, we'll go to my parents' house and. Uh, spend Christmas Eve time with them. Um, I, I think it was Doc a couple weeks ago said that Christmas Eve is kind of like the the best day of the Christmas season, or maybe it was DC. One of you, yeah, I said it. Um, That's me. I absolutely agree. D- Christmas Eve for me is so much better than Christmas Day. Christmas Day is, uh, you know, it, it's it's a lot of build up and very little payoff, right? You know, um, so. Looking forward to to this week coming up, especially on the couple of days before Christmas. I'd like to point out that when you said that you chose your children over us, I nodded and Doc shook his head. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah. Stay stay wealthy and childless, my friends. That's the only piece of advice I can give you. There's an advert over here that uh, for uh, detergent that comes in little pouches. Uh, they, they always give a warning at the end of it, stay away from children. And I always say, I always Amen. try. <laughs> <laughs> um, Christmas for me is going to be a bit strange um, with what's going on at the moment. My, my other half is stuck in Manchester. Um, she was hoping to get down on the 24th. We're still keeping our fingers crossed that she can, but um, if travel's not really feasible and safe, then I'd rather stay with her mum. Sure. And I'll be on my own. But uh, travel we can... uh, complicated by COVID this year? Is it, yes. Yeah. Right there's there's okay. this new variant that uh, yeah. raises right. ugly head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Omicron variant, which is. Uh, all right, yeah. right throughout you Europe guys are probably a couple of weeks ahead of us in terms of the severity, right? Uh, hopefully, we're more than that. Yeah, uh, right. you know, you just shut your borders and don't let any. We were stupid. We were still letting people in from South Africa once they knew it was even there. So, mm. yeah, all right. And now, it, now it's rife over here. Well, however, well, it hopefully... works out. I hope it does. Now, hopefully on the 26th... It I will work talk. out one way or the other, yeah. yeah. That's right. Hopefully on the 26th, because these big days are on the 24th and the 25th, that uh, I can still chat with my mate there and we'll get a POB out on the Sunday of the 26th. Yes, indeed. All right. All right. Our next email comes from Forrest. This is 300. Another, another, uh, another reference. Yeah. Another reference to that movie. All right. <clears throat> Hello, DC and Doc. Oh, I'm sorry. Hell, DC and Doc. Happy 300th episode. I cannot remember when I jumped on this ride, but it has been a great listen for years. To answer Doc's question from last week, the fog is great. Haven't seen it in a while, but Jamie Lee Curtis and Adrian Barbeau are great. The soundtrack and the way it is shot is very good. 
Honestly, I love the thing and in the mouth of madness more. Dead Alive is awesome. And I love Combs and From Beyond and The Frighteners. Anywho, can't wait till the rubble. My personal favorite pay-per-view. Trying to figure out the WWE right now. Other than Kevin Owens, there isn't much I'm into other than occasionally watching on the YouTubes or specific matches people are raving about. Well, congratulations on episode 300. Amazing job. Bosk, also sent from my iPhone. Thank you, Bosk. Yeah, Kevin Owens, you know, re-signed, if we're, if we're going to get topical there, re-signs with the WWE, surprising a lot of people who I think expected hey. him to make his way to AEW. But, for uh, two to three million dollars a year, I think uh, I worked for whoever was willing to pay him. Yeah. You know, people are like, oh, this means maybe he'll win the Rumble. And I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. But <laughs> I do I do wonder, though, because, you know, we've been in these. The WWE has famously offered big money contracts to key players that they didn't want to lose at times of increased competition. Mm -hmm. And we all know how well that worked out for uh, the talent that signed those contracts. I'm just sort of curious um, what this Kevin Owens contract is going to look like in two years when the WWE decides we're paying you a whole lot of money and we're not really using you at the top of the card as we haven't been for these last five years. Um, just sort of curious if we have the makings of the next um, Canadian screwball fiasco, if you will. You know what I mean? Just sort of wondering where this leads. Well, That's and I'm being pessimistic, but. and I'm looking at it going Kevin passionately Owens, pessimistic. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Owens is 37 years old, so if he signed a, I don't know the details on his contract. I don't know how long it was, um, but if he signs a three or four year contract that takes him into his early 40s, not that he couldn't wrestle for another five years after being in the early 40s, but I almost wonder: Are we going to start seeing? Not actively, but is he interested in more learning the producing role, learning the, you know, does he does he have a desire to do something different? Does he want to be a trainer or does he want to be a wrestler? And then when that's done, he goes home. So I'll be interested to see how this works for him. You know, clearly take the money. Um, you're happy there. Your family's happy there. You know, I imagine we'll see another title run or two in his future over the years, but maybe he's got other things he wants to do and WWE can help facilitate that. So with shitloads of money, uh, our next one, we're not doing it for the money. We're doing it for shitloads of money. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Our next email comes from Danielle 300. Hello. Happy episode 300. Woot. It is fun to be a bestie, even when emails are sparse. Is GQ joining in on the celebrations? If not, let us all pretend like it's his ghost in the room. Pretty Uh, good. Pretty good. I don't think DC ever invited GQ to episode 300 once we had our plans in place. We said, well, I assume. Defend yourself. I assumed that 300 would happen because I'm bad at time. I assumed back five or six episodes, we'd do it over the holiday break when GQ might be more available. 
perhaps we will do a special year end show that doesn't have to be episode 300. It could be 301 or, and, and GQ could be a part, but I also haven't heard from him. So, you know, I hope he's listening. I hope he's well, he knows how much I love him, but. Which begs the question, if GQ's ghost was in Doc's side of the recording, what shenanigans would he be up to? And then what would he be up to on DC's side? Um, I assume he'd just be like. I don't see any act. There's no action figures behind you, Doc. So I, don't I was going to say he's going to be just spreading ectoplasm all over collectibles. Um, <laughs> I, I assume that he would, you know, he, he would be a, a ghost with, with the five finger discount, he'd go to the nearest toy shop <laughs> and just sort of <laughs> levitate those bad boys out of there. And how, then go over here in the corner collecting ectoplasm all over. When you when you when you think about it, how do you envision GQ spreading that ectoplasm? Look ah, uh, through his ghost dick. <laughs> <laughs> just checking. Just checking. You load it. He fires it. Just <laughs> Are you talking about uh, uh, that exchange, or are you talking about GQ and his ghost dick? <laughs> I'm talking about that exchange. Okay, just checking. Uh, what about uh, on your side, DC? I think if he's on your side, um, he's trying to post, uh, you know, subconsciously get you to commit to recording another season of Sound Scary and or the Horrid Podcast. Uh, if he's on my side... Um, I think he's just um, just avoiding his bowels everywhere. Wow. It's everywhere. He's probably just slapping you upside the head. Yeah. <laughs> Ghost I think abuse. so. Uh, by the way, I would definitely enjoy an all-time DDT end of the awards episode. <laughs> I don't even know what that would be, end of the awards episode, but I think we need to... We need a noodle on this. We need to the think final, this. the final DDT awards. Because keep going. She, she goes into detail. Awards. Uh, <laughs> take the finalists from each year and then vote for the best. Double appearances. Looking at you, Triple H will only be counted as one part of the bracket. Okay, okay. So yes, she explained herself. Okay, so we would take winners from the past. All right, okay, all right. I'd like to point uh, out that we've gone on so long, we've lost both members of the piece. But they just got up and left. No. Yeah, they no. The dog had gotten something out of the trash can. I had to uh, address that situation. What? I think Glenn all... is over. Glenn is using his ghost dick right now, though. So I think that's... <laughs> Spreading ectoplasm, please. That's the euphemism. Uh, I think that's what he's doing. What are y'all's predictions for when we get to episode 350? And if you could have one guest each on the podcast in the world. <laughs> Who would you all pick? Happy 300, Danielle, at Danielle Sully, 19, if anyone forgot. Uh, winky, laughy, emoji face, bestie since 2016. NII Hall of Fame, CO, 2018, if that makes any difference, question mark? Cryy, smiley face. Uh, I think we'll get to 350, probably early December of... Uh, 2022. So we that might be the just the year end show is we just we get we we get through 50 episodes a year, and that's about it. Um, if we could have one guest in the world on this podcast, not one guest on every podcast in the world, because that would take some time. <laughs> I would like to have on this show. Oh goodness! Oh. 
We need some. I would like to have Elvira on this show. Oh, oh. all right. Yeah, I'm down. All right. You co-signing? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, I, I mean, now that you've got my brain working in that direction, uh, honestly, I would love to talk to John Bloom, Joe Bob Riggs. I would love to spend some time chatting with that man because I know sometimes it's funny because I don't really think of myself as knowing all that much about horror, but GQ was constantly sort of amazed. I know you're giving me that look and, and part of it's imposter syndrome, right? I think anybody with, uh, certainly with a terminal degree uh, that isn't just up their own ass has some form of imposter syndrome that they, they suffer from. Um, but that guy, he knows so much more about the industry and the actors and where those people have ended up. Like he is just a, a bottomless fount of information. And I feel like picking his brain for any amount of time would be too little amount of time and and I would love it. And I also shout out, um, I think this doesn't get mentioned nearly enough, um, but Darcy, uh, the male girl uh, played by Diana Prince, um, is been has been key in the revitalization of John Bloom and the Joe Bob Briggs character. Um, he was out of the game for decades. You know, he'd been going around. Uh, he's a journalist, writer by trade focusing a little bit more on, on uh, business and political topics. And she went to a book signing of his for one of his legitimate books in full cosplay. And she went up to him and said, hey, just so you know, everybody still loves you. Like, you need, you need to come back. And she was instrumental in not only sort of motivating him uh, to re- regain his, his, his Southern character, uh, as well as, you know, being uh, instrumental in those beginning dealings uh, with AMC and Shudder for producing the original The Last Drive-In, which was meant to be a 24-hour marathon, which would actually be the final send-off of the Joe Bob Briggs character, which, of course, turned out to be so successful that they've made it into this uh, Mm -hmm. recurring series at this point. Uh, So, yes, Darcy the Male Girl. uh, I would love to speak with her as well. She is also a huge horror fan, clearly has a lot of knowledge, and uh, I would also love to be able to sit down with her to talk to her about her experiences, not only with the genre, but I'd love to know about uh, JB from her perspective. It seems like they've developed quite uh, the loving relationship uh, just from the outside looking in. You know, it looks like it's very much this sort of fatherly relationship that they have cultured. And I would really love to hear more about that. Admittedly, it's probably personal and she might not want to talk about it publicly. Um, But I would love to know more because it seems like that's a really cool thing uh, that horror managed to put together. And uh, yeah, she seems like a great person also. So that's all. That is all. Fair enough. And also, um, as long as we're talking about guests, we might actually be able to guess, get, um, I guess I'd say GQ, um, since he has been instrumental, especially in the last 100 episodes of the show, I think of getting us to 300. Who knows what would have happened over the pandemic uh, were it not for his additional voice on the show. True. And, uh, you know, and in terms of one that will never, ever, ever, ever happen, but I would love to see happen. And I can say without any <laughs> doubt that the besties would love to see happen. I would love for Mrs. Matthews to be a guest. On the yes. DC <laughs> wrestling podcast, we have a that... we have a better chance of getting Vince McMahon 
on this <laughs> podcast. I, I said there was no chance in hell, but yeah. oh boy, there, there's one. There's one live episode, um, or not live. There's one episode we did in your living room, and our wives were there, like in the room while we were recording. Maybe it was a watch along or something, mm-hmm. and you can hear her very briefly. That was that was not a good time. <laughs> so, so yeah, no, it, it's it's good to dream. It's good to dream. Uh, our next email comes from uh, not my wife, but yours, Mrs. Manson, three hundred. How do I appreciate the DDT? Let me count the ways. One, I love thee for making me laugh. Two. I love thee for filling my ears with 299, soon to be 300 episodes. Three, I love thee for the Oreo taste tests and green Twinkies. We didn't mention the green Twinkies. And pumpkin everything. Four, I love thee for hours and hours of holiday paloozas. I'm sure I could keep going and name at least 300 reasons, please do, for how much I love thee. But I'll stop here and just say congratulations and thank you for all you've given to the DDT community that has come together over the years. You make my world a brighter place. Cheers, Mrs. Manson. So final score, Mrs. Manson sent that that beautiful email. Doc Manson called her a pack mule. (laughs) <laughs> lovingly, which is why which lovingly. is exactly why she is a keeper that's true <laughs> it's, yeah. very true she puts up with my shit that's for sure <laughs> uh we've got two more one came in while we were recording uh tim johnson haven't heard from tim in a bit happy 300 gents i was walking around the grocery store and realized what is happening likely right now i hope it makes it by the cut time Happy 300th episode. Question time. What is with the love for Costco? I spend an hour in our new store, open less than three months, and I couldn't find a damn thing. Way to find the four things I went in for. What in the hell is the point? Best regards, and here is to 300 more. Tim, what, what is that sentence trying to say? I couldn't find I, a damn thing. I wonder, I wonder if he's saying things I went in for. I wonder, wonder if he's like chiding himself. Way to find the four things I went in for. Like he didn't find it. So, but I don't oh, know. Maybe like it's too large. That has a syntax I'm not anything. aware of. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I, I love Costco for a number of reasons. One is because they have a lot of products that are unique to them, that are produced for them, that you can get for good prices. Um, for example, they have different types of beef jerky. Um, and you can get a fairly large quantity of this beef jerky for approximately $12 to $15, um, where if you were to buy this in a grocery store, you'd be spending easily twice as much money on the same quantity. So uh, price value for some of the bulk items is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, for example, um, coffee, like whether you're buying instant coffee or K-cups or whatever, again, uh, massive, massive savings for bulk amounts of that stuff. Paper towels, toilet paper, um, tissues, etc. Yes, unfortunately, you spend a lot of money up front. Like, yes, you're going to spend $20 on this package of Kleenex. However, you're not going to be buying Kleenex again. Never run out. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And, and like the price per box is actually quite excellent, especially if you can get it when it happens to go on sale, which is what I try to do. So, I, you know, I, that's the thing that I love most about them. And the other thing I like about Costco is um, 
they have these types of products, right, where there's really good value on things, but also their products are constantly changing over. So they'll have something that comes in and it's going to be there for, you know, the next little period of time that it's gone and they're going to bring in a different product. So I love the fact that there's always different stuff to find there. And what am I going to find this week? Is it going to find a good deal? Am I not? I don't know. I will also say that I do almost 100% of my clothes shopping at Costco these days. Because quite frankly, I go to Kohl's and I'm like, $60 for a pair of Levi's jeans? Go fuck Hell yourself. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I just can't bring myself to spend what regular even discount stores want for goddamn clothes. Um, and so like, you don't get me wrong. I'm not going to go in there and find exactly the thing I'm looking for. But if I go over there and I'm like, oh, look, pants. I those pants look all right. <laughs> Boom. Pants for $12.99. You know what? And then I'm in pants for the next six months. So I, I, it's, a, it's a great way for opportunists to shop. <laughs> Glenn, are there big box bulk stores? Uh, you're, you're uh, like, yeah. Is this a purely yeah. American thing? or No, it's not. Um, I worked for Macro for 15 years, which were then taken over by Costco. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So there are Costco's uh, in the UK. See, so yeah, yeah, it's basic. It's basically the same principle um, with macro and with Costco. Buy it cheap, stack it high, and sell yep. it for a, a, a reasonable price. And I will say, I, I have shopped at a number of these um, big box membership stores. Mm-hmm. Um, the big ones in our local area are are BJ's Warehouse, um, Sam's Club. And I think and Costco. Costco. I, I'm not forgetting any, right? Yeah. yeah. No, um, and I will say, I find Costco to be the best of those. Um, usually, they're larger stores. They've got more product on hand. Prices tend to be a little bit better. Plus, again, I, I always felt like they had more relevant sales more often. Um, BJ's can be convenient, and I think it's probably less expensive for the membership. But I also felt as though the savings was not as great as mm. in Costco. It is that thing. It is, uh, you know, Pat used to work for Macro as well. That's how we first met. Um, she bought a block of cheese on one day that was on reduce uh, because it was going out of date. But it lasted us about yeah. three months just sitting on the windowsill. Isn't it already <laughs> gone bad? <laughs> no. Cheese doesn't go bad. You just cut bits off. I don't and know. It goes a bit green. <laughs> I get a little put off if it's a wet cheese. Um, oh, yeah, I feel like yeah, those yeah, can yeah, go yeah, bad. You but... Yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to go yeah. slimy, but no, yeah. no. But a bit of mold on it, just cut it off and just keep cutting away at it. Right. Yeah, like you can go in there and you this for months. Again, like you'll spend $25 on their package of chicken breasts, but it's these five or six packages with maybe hmm. two or three breasts in each little segment. And they're, so they're easy to freeze, easy to thaw, easy to make. And the price per pound, again, yes, I'm spending $25 up front, but the price per pound is at least like 30% cheaper than what I'm paying at my local grocery mart. That's right. um, and it says I can stick it in the freezer. Great. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to go through it in the next six months. So before it gets freezer burned or goes bad otherwise. So yeah, that's the, that's the uh, thing for me is I, I do feel like it's, it's good savings, good value. Overall. Yeah. We, we are about to go into our second closet that is pretty much full of just, you know, cans of beans, cans of tomatoes, jars of peanut butter. Unfortunately, not the sun pat kind, <laughs> but uh, Did you, you know, like just gift the, peanut butter. 
Yeah, I'm going to get some GIF. Spread that Fuck GIF you. all over. <laughs> <laughs> Our final email uh, comes from Brent, the newest bestie, I believe. Uh, a work in par- mm-hmm. progress wrestling podcast. Uh, last week, I believe, was he the co-host of Peace? Was that last week? When, that was when last week. Jeremy yeah. no-showed. Yeah. Graciously had to... stepped in, yeah. Yeah. Subject line, 300. First off, congratulations on making it to 300 episodes. And thank you guys for creating and allowing me to be a part of the Bestie Chat. So here's my question. If Doc and DC were a tag team, what would be the name of that team? And what would you use as your finisher? Congrats again. And looking forward to hearing DC and Doc sing. Well, you got half of that. You sure did. (laughs) We'd like to keep expectations low around here. Unless you want to break out into something right now, Doc. <clears throat> no, thank you. Okay. Um, I feel like we've talked about a, a finisher before. I don't know if we've had a tag team name. Um, the finisher was probably the doomsday device, right? Uh, yeah, either that or like the heart, heart attack. attack. Something yeah, where I'm too. going to lift them and you're going to hit them is, yeah. is definitely <laughs> yeah. how that would work. Um, team name. Hmm. I like to see the, the the dual chin and shin music. I feel like I've got a chance of getting the, the, the chin music going. And I think you could definitely hit him in the shins. So, yeah, I've got at least a 60% chance of not falling over if I stand on one foot for any amount of time. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, we could be, since we're Doc in DC, we could be Double D and just be a really disappointing tag team. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that'd be all right. Like when they said, oh, TNA's up next, and you turn it on, and then Albert walks out, and you're like, this is not what I asked for at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, what what, what about, I, I'm just curious, since we have the POB folk on, what would your finisher be? Has to be Ooh. some sort of either double submission or something of that nature. Yeah, part of it has to be Glenn locking somebody in an arm bar, right? I mean, that's got to be part of I feel like I feel like it's Glenn locks him in an arm bar. Uh, Jeremy slides out of the ring, gets a microphone, slides back in the ring, calls the person's mother a whore, and they tap out. That's <laughs> that's wrestling, DC. That's it. That will do it. All right. Uh, so thank you to Brent and Tim and Mrs. Manson and Danielle and Bosk and Glenn and Che and Kevin and Mitchell and Simon and to anyone who has sent us a message low these 300 episodes we are very grateful for you uh jeremy you mentioned that there may be something you yeah. wanted to do before we get to our piece of positivity yeah. oh yeah, yes yes yeah. yes i'm excited yeah uh you know normally after the emails you guys go into the pieces of positivity doc this is your official reminder that you have a piece of positivity due here okay. shortly um, <laughs> i got it go ahead and work on that noodle that around in your head a little while um, I know that DC is a big fan of one Mr. James Lipton, and I thought it might be fun if we asked James Lipton's 10 famous or infamous questions to each of you guys here as an appropriate way to sort of end and lead into the pieces of positivity. So um, I will ask each of you the question, I'll let you answer them um, uh, in turn. Doc, we'll start with you. What is your favorite word? Hmm. I'm going to go with inconceivable. 
DC, what is your favorite word? Meander. DC, what is your least favorite word? After today's show, ectoplasm. <laughs> Doc, what is your least favorite word? Hmm. Can't. Mm-hmm. To contrast. Doc, what <laughs> Doc, what turns you on? Oh, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> um, new ventures, I'll say, probably. Um, working on something new and not knowing exactly how it's going to work out. I think that can be very rewarding. DC, what turns you on? Also, tits. That was the one I was waiting for. Um, Enthusiasm. DC, what turns you on? If there's one word I would use to describe Mrs. Matthews, it's enthusiastic. (laughs) DC, what turns you off? Not much, apparently. Hold on. Let me think about that. (laughs) Um, Boredom. Doc, what turns you off? In our household, we have a saying um, that in the bedroom, the three P's are outlawed. Uh, The three P's would be... Let everybody uh, sit with that one just for a second. (laughs) Just for a second. Maybe I'll leave you in suspense about what the three P's actually are. We'll leave it at that. Okay. uh, Yeah, Doc, what sound or noise do you love? Sound or noise? Um, Jeez. I'm going to go with when you're out. I haven't done this in a number of years. When you're out in the fall... The leaves are down. You're out there at night in the woods in New Hampshire or somewhere else in the middle of a haunt. And out in the distance, you hear those chainsaws revving and those, <laughs> the, the, and those screams on the air. Oh, that's a, that was a good time. DC, <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? Uh, a ceiling fan. DC, what sound or noise do you hate? Um, the sound of a seven-year-old whining. <laughs> Doc, what sound or noise do you hate? Um, geez, I used to want to say the voice of Liam Stryker, but um, not as much <laughs> of a problem these days. Uh, 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 what can I say? Um, geez, what the sound? What do I hate? The sound? Mm, I hate the sound of gosh, this is hard. Oh, 
And that's the sound that I hate. Me, me being surprised and exacerbated and something saying, this is hard. That's, that's, that's not a good time. Would this answer have anything to do with the three P's? Might. (laughs) Might. Doc, what is your favorite curse word? Probably fuck. Um, There's somebody who said that it's very versatile, and I think that's probably the reason why there. It can be many parts of speech, that word. DC, (laughs) what is your favorite curse word? Um, I can't believe I'm going to say this series of words on the air. I know what it is! (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, I believe Doc Manson coined the phrase uh, I, cock juggling thunder cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it was coined by the cinematic masterpiece uh, Blade 3. Oh, that's right. I've that's only right. That's right. From there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> DC, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I would like to uh, call a wrestling match. Doc, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Hmm. Um, Realistically speaking, probably a fiction novelist. Yeah, probably, probably novelist. Uh, And oddly enough, um, I don't know if it would be horror. Um, it might, it might be, might be something more in, in the humor vein, humor sci-fi, or something along those lines. Great appreciation for Douglas Adams and Terry Pratchett uh, <laughs> and all that. So, along those lines, Doc, what profession would you not like to do? My current one. <laughs> How's that for an answer? Very fair, very fair. DC, what profession would you not like to do? Uh, I would like to not work for the septic company whose signs I keep seeing around these parts. I would not like to work for the company known as the Fecal Fairy. Is that a real company? That's not real. Yes. No, fairy. F-E-R-R-Y, because they ferry the feces away. Oh, nice. It's not just a poo with wings and a wand. (laughs) Maybe it'd be better if it were. DC, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Uh, You're just in time. Owen versus Eddie's about to start, and Bobby Heenan needs you, or Bobby and Gorilla uh, need you at ringside. Doc, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Hmm. It's your kids, Marty. Something's got to be done about them. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Well done. done. And with that, the James Lipton section of the program is... So Very much good better. answers, boys. That was so fun. much better than the questions I came up for for that show, Questions I Never Do Anymore. So much better. Um, we come now to our piece of positivity, and I will invite uh, our guests to go first, uh, unless, you have, you, you, unless you're going to be doing this 
<laughs> the panicked look in, in Jeremy's eyes are what I see from Doc every week. <laughs> We're the same, you and me, Doc. We're the same. Uh, you know, just just quickly, it's something you're that you're looking forward to. We got the holidays coming up there in less than a week, so there's an easy out there if you want to go for it. Glenn, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you got for us? Piece of positivity. What's going well? What's 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 happening yeah. right now that you're excited about? I've got the love of a beautiful woman, and. Everybody in the bestie chat, you guys. Um, I got some news this week, which wasn't good news really, but <clears> it is <throat> my piece of positivity because next year I'm going to be able to afford to come over and see you all. That will be nice. All right, Jeremy, what do you got? Uh, <coughs> it's it's I guess my piece of positivity. You know, if I. It's hard to pick just one D- DC. Things have been going so well. Um, got some good uh, professional news, oh, yes. some good shoot job mm-hmm. news uh, that I will not divulge at this exact moment in time, but uh, that's looking good. Uh, that whole situation. Excited for the holidays and um, um, excited and thankful to be on here with you guys today. You know, me and Glenn, we say it all the time. There would be no POV without DDT, and that is not bullshit. That is the absolute truth. And uh, we are are thankful that you guys did what you guys did so that we guys can do what we guys do. So thank you very much. Doc, would you like to go first or would you like me to? And you can you can wrap us up. Uh, I think I can go next. All right. um, so my piece of positivity on this episode 300, is, you know, I just, I am thankful for having been part of a great podcast. I've really, you know, I've enjoyed my involvement. I've enjoyed my time. Every moment really on the microphones has been great. You know what I mean? Like overall, like it really has affected me uh, as a person and I'm just so glad that there are people out there that listen and who love it. And, you know, I just want to say that GQ and I sat down, we recorded a Christmas special of Sound Scary, and everybody out there that is waiting to hear more Sound Scary, of course, uh, that is the show I was talking about. Um, it will be coming out very soon. All right. That's the show you're every moment you've enjoyed. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in reality, uh, also, though, uh, I want to say big old peace, positivity, thank yous to Jeremy and Glenn, especially for hosting episode 300. This has been everything I had hoped it would be. Um, so thank you for taking time out of your busy schedules and dedicating it to this yes. silly, silly adventure. Um, yes. And and for going over two hours when you have your own podcast that you're going to be doing, that will probably insane. also be going two hours. So, yeah. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah. I, you know, the holidays are coming up. I am not a huge Christmas person. We've talked about that before. Um, but any amount of time um, that I can, you know, have uh, with the missus, there'll be more time potentially to do any sort of podcasty type things is Jobs a gooden, as Louis from the British Bake Off used to say. <laughs> um, and, you know, yeah, to all of the besties 
who take who have taken time, whether you listen every week, whether you listen once in a while, whether you've stopped listening and are just in the bestie chat, you have welcomed us into your home and into your lives. And the fact that, you know, that has happened uh, is pretty special and pretty amazing. And so I am grateful to you. You uh, are my piece of positivity, in addition to the one, the only Doc Manson, who I cannot praise enough for for being uh, someone who I can talk to every week and uh, and just enjoy his company immensely. So right having, you, DC. having said that, Doc Manson, is there anything else you'd like to say before we start another 300 episodes? Uh, before I, I, I get into that, uh, Jeremy, Glenn, this is your opportunity. Where can people find you online? Oh, that's true. Uh, you're so, where you're so where much can better people at this go to hear more, more of of you peoples? You people. Well, we yeah, you people. You just like um. Anyway, uh, we are available on all your podcasting platforms of choice, um, including Gort Norble. Of course, we have to acknowledge the Gort Norble um, piece of business podcast at piece of business on Twitter on Instagram. Uh, please check us out. We will we be recording here. Shortly after we wrap up with you guys, um, mostly talking about the NXT UK, the NXT Tuesday, um, maybe a little sprinkling of AEW thrown in there as well. And uh, we will be watching a fantastic match in this week's episode. Magnum TA, her requested by DC Matthews uh, versus Nikita Koloff, a great matchup from 1986. Glenn, what am I forgetting? Um, just me, really. Actually, a wrestling <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> you got everything but your partner there. I didn't say my handle. I just said the podcast name. There was a barbershop window, Glenn, and you just got thrown <laughs> through it. <laughs> at Fland NFL. Yes. At Fland NFL. Oh. <laughs> Goodness, well. goodness, goodness. Uh, the one thing I will say, that nose spot from that match, you know, I watched oh, Charlie Dempsey. I told versus you Joe you would Coffey. like that match. I told that, you. That nose spot was particularly painful to see uh, from the young Dauphin, son of William Regal, Mr. Charlie Dempsey. Uh, all right, Doc. Now, anything else you'd like to say before we head out into another 300 episodes? As always, if you'd like to have your thoughts read on the air, Send a message to podcast at ddtwrestling.com. If you'd like to listen to our entire back catalog, you can do so at ddtwrestling.com, ddtpod.com, or at your podcast repository of choice. And finally, if you like what you've heard, and how could you, head over to patreon.com forward slash ddtwrestling to send just a little bit of financial support to DC and Doc. It helps us keep the lights on. And this crazy podcast train, a chugaluga luggage. He is uh, Glenn Abbott at GA Russell Nut. He is Jeremy at EPL and NFL. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Have yourselves a fabulous holiday. Thank you for 300 episodes. We will see you for episode 301. Until we meet again, my friends, won't you be? Our bestie.